0: before we even kick off the podcast i just want to remind everyone to go like subscribe and keep up with these weekly episodes if you like what you hear spread the word so more coaches can tune in for our weekly podcasts hey guys i've got with me today coach will lawhorn coach lawhorn is currently the uh, offensive line coach and run game coordinator at Rockford University where he's been since March 2021. He spent uh, one season there as the special teams coordinator as well as the offensive line coach as well. Uh, Before that he spent some time at Lyon College and McMurray College where uh, he coached the offensive line uh, and also coached the defensive line and has been a head strength and conditioning coach at uh, pretty much everywhere he's been as well. So coach Lawhorn what's up man how are you?
1: Not much coach. How are you?
0: I'm doing good. Doing good. Glad to glad to have you on here. You know, we saw you um, a couple months ago at the at the clinic, which was uh, you know, we were glad to get that back going. I was I was glad you were able to come up and present. Hopefully it's um hopefully it's a little bit of a bigger presence next year, but uh, but I was super super appreciative of you coming up and talking at that.
1: Of course, thank you for having me. It was an awesome experience. Um, it was really good. There was some great speakers, so I was glad to be there.
0: Yeah, good, good deal. Well. Um, you know, first question I've got for, and this is one I ask everybody, talk to me about how the offensive line played a, um, played a role in some of the more successful teams you've been a part of.
1: Um, you know, I think they play a pivotal role. Um, you know, the biggest thing, you know, you talk about that's five guys who got to play together as one. Um, I think with that unit, when you can get that unit to really gel, um, I think you're going to have a really successful team. Um, that's the only position in sports where you play with your back to the ball 24 um, 7 you know you don't know when the ball where the ball carrier is you have an idea but you don't know um, so if you can get those guys to play downhill pin their ears back and play together you got a really good chance um, biggest thing I think is communication you got get those guys speaking the same language um, you're gonna be in a really good shape um, the most successful teams I've been on all the offensive the offensive line you know, as they develop, as they develop, it's just the team develops as they develop is what I've seen.
0: Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, that's, it's, it's kind of that, you know, you, we lead by example and you better follow or, or kind of, you know, we're going to leave you behind. And that's, I think that's, that's how most, most offensive line guys at least treat it. And, um, you know, it's not, we're not really much for being followers and we're not really much for kind of you know, it's funny because we're not we we like to be leaders, but then we kind of we we also don't like to be in the limelight. And we like to sit back and kind of let everything else happen around us. So we're kind of we, we're we a little we're a little confusing in that regard as, as offensive linemen. But, uh, exactly. but, you know, that's that's how most guys are anyways.
1: I agree. I yeah. mean, you know, it's, you got to kind of have a certain mentality of you want to put your head down and work. Right. Um, You got to just kind of accept, you know, you're going to be the first one, first one to get the finger pointed at you when things go wrong and you're going to be the last person to get credit when things go right. So, you know, you just got to kind of accept that. You just got to be willing to bring your lunch pail every single day and get to work. That's the biggest thing.
0: No, no doubt. No doubt. And that's, that's, I think that's what is most important out of all that is just, you know, get to work, put your head down, kind of do do what you're supposed to do and do what you're asked. And and if, if we can do that and the guys that we're that we're leading can follow, we're 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 gonna be in for a you know a good successful campaign, anyways.
1: Definitely. I yeah. agree.
0: Yeah. Um, so you know, I gotta just rip off the band Um, mm-hmm. let's let's talk a little bit about McMurray. Um, mm-hmm. you know, most most listeners listening will will know about Mick Murray a little bit. Um, unfortunately a program with a ton of great tradition um, had to, you know, not just the program, but the entire school closed its doors. Kind of talk to me, you know, we're going to, we're going to get a little bit off, off football, so to speak here, some, but, but talk to me a bit about kind of how that, you know, came about. You know, I know coach Douglas is, is a, a great guy. um, And I'm super glad he landed on his feet and super glad you guys have all landed on your feet, but kind of talk to me, those kind of last few, few months or so you know how everything went down and, and sort of what what was going through through your mind when it when it all happened
1: um i mean yeah it was a whirlwind of a few months i'll say that um you know you had covid going on right um you know the guys went home for spring break and we didn't we never some of them we never saw again um you know it was very very crazy um you know the guys got home, went went home for spring break um I remember we were actually up at Beloit college um, and that's when kind of all the schools started extending their spring bre- spring breaks because of the pandemic. Right. Um, we did the same thing. Um, you know, I just remember I went in and talked to coach Douglas the day that uh governor, governor Pritzker um, kind of announced the state shutdown and the college wasn't necessarily going to, it was going to still be running, but it wasn't going to be open. And I just kind of said, you know, I was living three hour, I was living, right next to the college at the time. And I just kind of said, you know, I'm gonna, if, if, if it's all right with you, I'm just going to kind of go home and, you know, I'll still work from home, but I'm going to be by my fiance for now. And whatever happens happens. And, um, it was very weird because I think that's where I was, I was sitting in my parents' kitchen when I found out that the school was going to close. Right. Um, it was a whirlwind of emotions. You know, Mac Murray was a very, very special place. It still holds a, still holds a very special place in my heart. Um, I, it's kind of hard to describe the process. It was sure. It, other than just a whirlwind of emotions, you didn't really know how to feel. You felt terrible for the kids. You wanted to help them out in every single way that you could. Um, you know, we were lucky enough to bring about five of them with us to line. Um, you just kind of, I still talk to the, a lot of those guys regularly, but, Oh yeah. You know, it, it was just, it was a, you know, it was a whirlwind. That's the yeah. easiest way to say it is it's hard to describe. I, I, yeah,
0: no, that's, that's, I mean, it's, I, I, I couldn't even imagine how, you know, I couldn't even imagine, I guess the emotions that, that you guys all went through and, and mm-hmm. um, you know, the, the, the lows and, and, you know, turning around and then, you know, cause how long, how long after that did did Chris get that lion job? Not, I mean, it was it a, a couple months or was it a couple weeks even?
1: Oh, uh, ah, man, it, it feels like it was probably a couple months. Um, yeah, you know they the school still ran and operated through the end of the semester, so it still ran and operated through May. Um, so it kind of, it it was yeah it was probably a couple months. Yeah. Um, you know we still talked regularly. It, it was just. Yeah, it was just it was one of those weird situations where, you know, you had to keep guys motivated, Um, you know, guys, just because the school is going to close. You know, this is still going to follow you forever. Right. And we did that. I mean, that last semester at McMurray, our team GPA was higher than it had ever been. I think it was we finished with around like a three three.
0: Wow, that's Um, awesome.
1: Team GPA. Our guys did awesome. Um, So it was just it was it was it was a very weird time because it was going remote. And you know, guys didn't necessarily know the future, and that was really hard. Yeah, it was hard for a lot of guys. So.
0: Oh yeah, I mean, that was that was. I mean, there was a moment in time when when probably just about damn near every every small Division three school was sitting there saying, "What what are we going to do? You know, are we going to be able to open things back up again?" And so I know I know there's still there's still a lot of schools that are reeling, um, mm-hmm. that are unfortunately on you know on the chopping block so to speak um oh, yeah. of of you know closing those doors so that's yeah that's um that's tough um oh yeah. man i was going to ask you something else about that now i can't remember oh what's your um now did you go to mac so i i actually
1: went to rockford
0: um, okay oh okay kind of, Very cool yeah okay kind of
1: funny how i ended up there um you know after my senior year i graduated from rockford in 2019 um you know after my senior year i kind of sat back and I was getting my degree in physical education. Um, I started getting into student teaching and placements and things like that. And I just kind of, the more I got around, more, more I got around it, the more I kind of said, I really miss college football. Right. Um, You know, I kind of coach Schrader, my head coach and coach Nov, Novosic. they're both at Benedictine right now. Yep. Um, They were, it was their last semester at Rockford. I just kind of expressed to them, you know, I want to get into college coaching and, Coach Schrader got me hooked up with Coach Douglas. Um, I went down there for an interview, and I immediately fell in love with it. I remember, you know, I remember driving back and just hoping, hoping I would at least get a call back, and I got lucky enough to get the job. You know, um, Coach Douglas, I still, like, I look at him as almost a second father, almost. I mean, I called him Saturday, and we were just talking for – we probably just talked and caught up for 20 minutes, and it felt like I was talking – even though we hadn't talked in a while, it felt like I was still talking to one of my best friends. So I love him to death.
0: Yeah. I mean, I've, I've never worked with, worked for Chris, obviously. I, I, I just know him through, through passing and he's, he's genuinely one of the best people in this profession I've ever, I've ever talked with. And, and that's, I agree. And, and he's, I mean, when I, when I first got the job at Lake Forest, I think he was one of the first people to, to, to shoot me a message and congratulate me. And, and so he's one of those, he's one of those guys kind of on my bucket list of, of people I'd love to, i'd love to work with before before it's all said and done because he is yeah he is he is one of the good dudes on on in the profession and and uh and definitely i was definitely happy to see him um land on his feet and get that and get that new job over there but um yes what what is uh i i do i remember my question um what is your what is your uh if you have one, what is your favorite piece of uh, memorabilia from McMurray if you if you were able to to snag something? And, and don't worry, you won't get in trouble. i won't I won't arc on you.
1: So it's kind of a funny story. Um, I didn't get it until we were at Lion. It was like our, my second or third day, we had these mini helmets, um, the little little I think they're like Rydell or shot mini helmets. Right, yeah. Um, I remember just always I was running equipment, and I would go in there every day in the equipment room and I would see it and I I really want one of those, but I'm not going to take one. And, um, is, uh, the second or third day, my second or third day at at, a lion, I got there in the morning and, uh, sitting at my desk and, um, that's my favorite piece. I mean, that still hangs up in my office. Um, it's probably one of the first things I see when I, when I go through just to kind of remind me, sure, um, you know, where I've been and, you know, it's still like it, I look at that thing and I kind of grin a little bit because it just brings back so many good memories so many times there. Um, you know, just, that's probably my favorite piece.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, that's awesome. That's great. I love that. That's, that's pretty cool. Cause I know, I mean, like I said, uh, there's a lot of, a lot of tradition went through those, those halls and there's a lot of people that are still real proud of that. I mean, I, I know, I know quite a few guys that I could think of off, you know, probably 10 or 15 guys off just the top of my head now that are, that are super proud to have been, a part of that program at some point. Um, and so that's, that's cool that you're able to have that, uh, and kind of keep that, keep that with you. Um, Mm -hmm. so yeah, so, so you spent, you know, obviously you left Mac, you went to Lion, uh, you spent time at Lion as actually the defensive line coach. Um, how, talk to me a little bit about that transition from going, you know, going from offense to defense and then, and then, you know, back to, back to offense, what sort of, what sort of struggles did you have, if any, or, or what did you, what did you feel like you, you know, we're able to learn and pick up um, Mm -hmm. to make you just a better coach in general?
1: Mm -hmm. I mean, I think the biggest thing, you know, line is where I kind of say is where I really got solidified and really learned how to do this
0: coaching.
1: Sure. Um, You know, that was where I kind of, I really kind of took an upfront role with the strength and conditioning, obviously. Um, I'm a firm believer. Like I was talking to our head coach, Coach Tolliver, the other day that D-line, you know, the coaching D line made me a better line coach. Um, you know, it makes you think critically about everything that you teach, why you teach it, you know, that's the biggest thing. And then it kind of makes you think, well, what are you, how would you combat this? And how would you counter this? Um, you know, I just, that really just taught me so much about football, right. Being an offensive lineman, I never thought about coverages once, you know, I never thought about anything like that. And, you know, I coach, coach the DC over there. And I remember I was living with him for a little bit and, you know, pre- basically the whole first semester and, you know, him just kind of teaching me to cover three, cover cl- cloud, everything like that. And, you know, just kind of, you know, it really kind of taught me solidified and I kind of learned everything. You know, the biggest thing I think I learned was just defensive structure. You know, how is the defense going to probably align to this? Um, Obviously every team's different, but, you know, kind of taught me, it taught me really what I need to, what you got to look for in defenses too, I think, you know, what is, you know, kind of taught me how to figure out their base rules, you know, where are they going to line up? And I, it really did. It opened my eyes a ton to just this game.
0: So. Right. Do you, do you, is that something you, you see yourself going back to ever, or do you think you, you, you know, you, you want to, uh, you want to try to stay on the, on the good side of the ball, so to speak?
1: Um, my heart's on the good side of the ball, you know, I mean, offensive line, I think just the, the relationship that the guys have with each other. Um, you know, like I said earlier, that's the one position where you literally you've got your back to the ball. Yeah. Um, there is no other position in sports where you have your back to the ball like that. Um, I, I would like to coach D line again. Um, I'm, I'm not gonna lie i definitely think um i that would be fun to do again uh, but at, at least for right now um I'm on the good side at least so that's yeah. why i i love it
0: yeah no it's it's i know there are a lot of guys that have done that have done both i i you gotta have a you definitely have to have a different mindset to be on defense um you gotta be able to kind of have that that edge i guess you want to call it uh you know just just to be over there and that was that was something me personally i could never i could never get that and i wasn't gonna fake it because i knew the kids could you know the kids can smell a a rat a mile away so i didn't want to i didn't want to fake that that uh you know that energy for them um so that's kind of you know i'll I'll stick to the i'll stick to the hog mollies up front uh, on the offensive side yes yeah um talk to me a little bit about your strength and conditioning background you know it's it's something that you've always kind of had a had a role in um is that something that you were just uh you know is that something that kind of caught your fancy when you were a player or is that something that you sort of were tasked with when you got into coaching
1: um so it's kind of something I've always kind of I'm in my hog football chat uh clinic I talked a little bit about it with you know I. I was really big into strength and conditioning. Then got I was I got down to Jacksonville and I discovered Little Caesars Pizza. You know, <laughs> Little Caesars in Jacksonville had the uh, they had the drive-through, and that was game over for me. I put yeah. on probably eight pounds. Um, but uh, that was before I got into coaching. All throughout college, I worked at a gym. Um, it was I worked at a gym in DeKalb, Illinois. Um, I was a trainer there in the summers. Um, in the fall, I didn't work there, obviously, but in the spring, I would go to class. um and then literally from class every single day, go drive about an hour to decalb, go go train clients or anything that like that that they needed me to do, and then I would right. go home. So it was kind of something that I always i always I always love the weight room. Um, I just I think that football is the one one of the only sports where you can really transform yourself as a player in that weight room, right. Um you know baseball is so much having to do with hand-eye coordination right and basketball you got to spend out. weight room's great but you also got to get in the gym and perfect your jump shot where you know football you can get in the weight room and yeah there's still techniques and things like that but if you're but if you're strong and you can move there's a pretty good chance you're going to be a pretty good player um obviously the movement keep movement piece is huge nowadays but um so that was something that Mac Murray, Coach Rutt, the D.C. who's at Lion now, he was uh, he was running the strength. Um, so I always tried to help him as much as I could just because I wanted to learn. Um, when I went to Lyon, he actually he kind of he oversaw everything still, but I, I got to run it myself and I ran it a little bit, at, a little bit at Rockford. I stepped back and kind of took over the recruiting role um, at Rockford. But it's always been something that's been partial to my heart, just because I think that that's where you really get the you really form your team in the weight room. Right. When you look at it in the spring, I mean, the spring, the freshmen are finally integrated. Um, you don't have as many new faces coming into the program. Everyone's around each other. I just think you know that springtime in the weight room that's the most special time.
0: Oh yeah. Oh, because oh, because it's you get you get to find out kind of what those guys are made of because they get to you know they're. Yes they're in there doing doing things that you know that that you know billy might not be the greatest on the football field but he might be a war daddy in the weight room and it it really kind of shows that that it gives them that confidence a little bit where they can now transfer that over to the field and you know help the program out more so in the next year so that yeah that's i love that stuff you know it's that that's huge where they can get in there and start cranking those things out
1: definitely i mean when you look i'm a it kind of opens your eyes too, as a coach, when you look at it, where you kind of use the example about Billy and maybe on the football field, he's not the greatest, but in the weight room, he's a, he's a war daddy. Um, You know, when you look at maybe, maybe now all of a sudden you go, well, maybe, maybe Billy can play some linebacker. Maybe he shouldn't be playing some safety, you know, he's enough. Maybe he can't take on a double, uh, a guard trying to come off a combo on him or something like that. It just kind of, you know, kind of, that's where I think you really form your team in there.
0: Yeah. Oh, definitely. 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 Yeah. Well, coach, last, last question I've got for you. Um, if you could put together a, a Mount Rushmore of offensive linemen from guys you coached guys you played with or guys you were just a fan of, uh, growing up or watching the game, who would be on that five man offensive line?
1: Oh man, here we go. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm going to go with guys, with guys I watched growing
0: up and okay. guys
1: I've watched on YouTube and things like that. Um, centers position where I've got two, I've either got, uh, um, Olin Cruz. I grew up watching him. He's kind of the guy that made me fall in love with the offensive line, just his attitude. Even he's still got it now where he'll trip chir- back and forth with the bears front office. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Mike Webster on the Steelers, just he was a little undersized, but he was awesome. I liked yeah. him. Tackles-wise, I'm probably thinking, I mean, I just think Trent Williams is a freak of nature. Um, I didn't even think about it until uh, there was that video that uh, Tom Blazer posted on Twitter of him, uh, him. They were just working a man reach, and he literally, like, crossover ran. And yeah. it just looked so smooth, and he looked so powerful. And that's what kind of made me realize, like, holy cow. He really is just a freak. Yeah. Um, and so then I, him, I think you got to go with one of the goats, Joe Thomas. I mean, not just from a playing standpoint, but just what he would, what he had to go through in Cleveland with winless seasons and things like that. And, yeah I mean, he still played at such a high level for all those years. Um, guards, probably Larry Allen and Anthony Munoz. I don't think any better than them. Um, I mean, Larry Allen, kind of, he was that first guy who kind of really showed you can move. There's that clip of him um, chasing down the interception from almost clearly clear across the field. Yeah. Um, you know, I remember seeing that and think, "Holy cow! Like, if I could do that, man." <laughs> um, <laughs> so those, that's probably my five. You know, okay. I think that those would be those would be five guys that if you could get them all on the same team, that'd be fun. Oh
0: yeah, yeah. That's a good. That's a good group. I like the. I like the the mix plus you threw you threw my one of my all-time favorite guys and and mike webster so that's you know you get you get mad respect for that one um yes well coach before we get you out of here do me a favor drop your twitter handle and any other information you want the listeners to know
1: um so my twitter handle is at coach lawhorn um l-a-w-c-l-a-w-h-o-r-n um anytime you want to follow me Um, Talk ball. I'd love to talk. Uh, Just hit me up.
0: Awesome. Well, coach, I appreciate you coming on, man, taking the time to talk with me. Uh, Best of luck this season and looking forward to uh, talking down the road.
1: Sounds perfect. Thanks
0: coach. All right. Take care. Yep. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. Make sure you like and subscribe and you can find previous episodes on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, or any other podcast platform.